You're tuned into the Chug LLP's podcast. We are a full-service legal, immigration, and tax firm with a global outlook. We partner with businesses to deliver innovative, customized solutions to their most pressing challenges. Join us as we tackle some pertinent issues. Hello, everybody. My name is Neha Mahajan, and I am the business development and outreach manager here at Chug LLP. And today I'm joined by our partner attorney from our LA office, Gladys Gervasio. Hi there, Gladys. Hi, Deha. A very happy Diwali to everybody who's hearing us, listening to us, tuned in today. Today we're going to talk about the proclamation that is going to change all of our lives <laughs> in a nice way. You know, during COVID, so many things have happened and uh, travel ban, you know, has literally separated us from our families. It has disrupted businesses. Um, so that travel ban, as of November 8th at 12.01 <laughs> Eastern Time, well, that's going to get lifted. And what does it mean for you, for me, for our parents, for our siblings who want to visit us, that aunt who hasn't seen us in the longest times, you know, those who want to, uh, you know, um, those who have businesses to take care of. What does it mean for everybody? Gladys is with me. Um, Gladys, let's dive right into the topic today. And I want to ask you, you know, my first question is going to be, um, what should travelers, you know, coming into United States know once this proclamation, you know, gets implemented on November 8th at 12.01 Eastern time, what happens so Neha, um, just before I before I answer your question, just a quick disclaimer, um, reminder to uh, our viewers um, that this session does not create an attorney-client relationship, that it's purely for informational purpose only. So um, please independently verify whatever information you take away from this session. Um, and yes, so to answer your question, what this uh, proclamation means is that first, you know those geographic travel bans that have restricted travel um, uh, for individuals who have been in, in countries where there are high COVID infection rates, such as China, the Schengen area, India, Brazil, all of those um, countries. That is now superseded by this new travel policy, which requires all foreign nationals to have proof of um, their vaccination status. They must be fully vaccinated in order to enter the U.S. So as you mentioned, this is great, great news. Many people are, you know, eagerly waiting for this. Um, They mark this in their calendar, November 8th, 12.01 a.m. Eastern time. Um, Now for U.S. citizens and lawful permanent residents and those who are traveling on an immigrant visa, they are not required um, to show proof of their full vaccination status, but they are still subject to the testing requirements, um, which have been in place since January. Yeah, and we'll we'll get into it. We'll get into all those details of what what this testing requirement has been, you know, since January of this year. Um, okay, so U.S. citizens and legal permanent residents are, 
you know, they don't have to worry about it at all. But what about non-immigrant visa holders? You know, like those who are uh, H-1Bs, L-1s, F-1s, you know, what about them? B-1s, okay. you know, those on tourist so for, visas. Right. So for the foreign nationals traveling on their non-immigrant visas, um, you, the goodness is you don't need, if you come from those countries, you don't need the national interest waiver exception anymore. So what you need to show to the airline is proof of your vaccination status, plus the testing requirements again. But okay. um, as long as you show um, your vaccine, you've been fully vaccinated with the vaccines that have been approved by um, the FDA and World Health Organization, you should be able to travel to the U.S. This but, is such a good news, yeah. Yeah. Neha, the one thing I want to mention is that yeah. this does not affect, you know, the operations and the processing of visas at the consulate. So, yeah. Yes. So you will still have to check your um, consulate's website, your specific consulate's website as to how they're operating. You know, some are still operating at a limited capacity. Yeah. Others are still backlogged with, with regards to getting appointments for their uh, visa stamping. So that's still, you know, ongoing. Yeah, we still don't know whether the consulates are fully functional. You know, since the onset of the pandemic, the consulates have been really working in a very limited capacity. So we still don't know, even with this proclamation, there's no mention about the consulates getting back to work in their full capacity. So yeah, so visa, you know, you need a visa to enter. The proclamation is only, you know, it takes away the uh, NIE, the national interest exemption that was in place, which was which was actually such a, it, it, it created such a mess, you know, back in May, six months ago, when this, when the travel ban was implemented. Right. At that point in time, that's, that's you know. Just, yeah. Right. And that's just for um, Indian nationals, you know, for yes. those in, from China, like it's yes. been their place longer. So. Oh God. Yeah. So this is such welcome news. If you have a valid visa, then all you need is really the proof that you've been fully vaccinated. Okay, so let's get into the proof part of it. When you say proof of vaccination, what does what does the guideline say? What exactly is the proof that people need? Okay, so according to uh, CDC, you'll yeah. need like either a digital record, um, you know, those those that you can download with a QR code. So you yeah. either have a digital record from an official source or you have the paper document, your actual vaccination certificate or your CDC vaccination card to show to the airline or a digital copy of those. So either a photograph of your um, vaccination card or your vaccination certificate or a downloaded QR code. So that's what the airlines will be looking for. Gladys, you spoke about the proof of vaccination, right? There's been uh, so much... Um... There's just so much confusion about, um, uh, you know, what kind of vaccinations are accepted, what are not accepted. You know, there are certain vaccinations, especially like I know about India because I follow the news there. Uh, there's a vaccine called Covaxin that was not approved by WHO. And there's a lot of confusion whether those who got Covaxin can actually now travel to United States or not. Could you tell us about it? I heard some good news, but I want you to break it to us. 
<laughs> Thanks, Neha. So let's try. So CDC says um, they will accept, you know, the vaccines that have been authorized and approved either by the FDA, the Food and Drug Authority, and by the World Health Organization. So you have the, um, of course, Moderna, Pfizer, the Johnson & Johnson, and then you have the um, AstraZeneca, Oxford yes. AstraZeneca, Sinovac, Sinopharm, Shield, And just, I think it was yesterday or just two days ago, um, the World Health Organization approved the emergency use of co-vaccine. So that's- Oh, great. nice. Yes. <laughs> that is such that a relief right? because I personally know of so many people who were completely worried about their elderly parents, you know, not being able to travel to the United States just because they got co-vaccin. So this is welcome news. For sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so you basically, you know, co-vaccin is included. You need to show a proof of your vaccination. You could either show a down, you know, a downloaded digital format, uh, either, either that or the physical card itself. Now, who's going to verify this information? And at what point in your travel is this information going to get verified? Well, it's, it's the airline that's going, that has the responsibility to verify the information. So what the airline will do is match, you know, check whether that person, the name, the date of birth matches the information that they have. They will try to verify whether it's the document is from an official source, like from an okay. official government agency uh, in that country. They'll try to verify that. And of course, they will also check whether you meet the CDC definition of being fully vaccinated. And what that means is that it's you're fully vaccinated two weeks after the last dose in the two-dose series, or for Johnson and Johnson and Johnson, the single dose two weeks after that single okay. dose. So that's what's considered fully vaccinated. So they will check the dates. I just don't know specifically when the airlines will do this. Is it upon booking or they'll have yeah. their or prior to boarding? But I, I would assume, you know, when you book, they will require, they might require that already. I would imagine that, right? And um you know, we've been hearing a lot of news about fake reports and fake vaccination cards. Now, how are the U.S. agencies going to monitor all of this? Well, you know, when you um, the travelers will be required to sign an attestation. Um, okay. um, confirming, of course, the veracity and the truthfulness of the documents and information you are presenting. And if later on found that this is, you know, fake, um, the traveler may be subject to criminal fines, um, ah. criminal liability. So I'm, we have to caution, you know, our viewers, you know, against um <laughs> engaging in that kind of activity you don't want to be in that situation you don't want to lie <laughs> on on your you know document on, on on an official document and then you know use that to travel into the united states of america i don't think that's a good idea at all <laughs> yeah um so gladys what what happens to kids who you know are they exempt because you know there's only a certain section uh certain age group of kids who are right now authorized to get, I mean, uh, to get the vaccination. Uh, the other have also gotten authorizations, but uh, 
you know, kids don't have, a uh, lot of kids have not had vaccinations yet. So are they exempt? And if so, what are the guidelines around that? Okay, so um, for kids under, for children under 18 years old, uh, I know you mentioned that some of vaccines have been approved for them, but the U.S. Yeah. government recognizes that these vaccines are, you know, their availability globally still varies. So yeah. the children are still exempt. Kids under 18 years old are exempt from the requirement, but they will be subject to um, testing depending on who accompanies them or if they're traveling al alone. Um, so for instance, if the, the child uh, two years old to uh, under 18 is accompanied by a fully vaccinated adult, um, okay. then you have the three-day testing requirement that they should test negative three days prior to boarding. And then if they're accompanied by a unvaccinated adult, then they have to test also, test negative um, one day prior to boarding. So, so, you know, this rule of testing uh, 72 hours prior to um, boarding the flight has been in effect for many months now, right? And you need the results. Sorry, go ahead. You were saying something. Yes, I was going to mention that it's the 72-hour rule has actually been replaced by the three-day or the one-day rule. So I'm making okay. that distinction because the three-day window and the one-day window provides a little more flexibility. So yeah. um, you're a fully va vaccinated adult and you're, you have a flight on November 8th at 5 p.m. If we follow the 72-hour yeah. rule, then your test should have been admitted, you should have gotten the test on November 5, 5 p.m. and afterwards, right? But with oh, the okay. rule, it's any time on November 5, even if it's like daytime. So Right. Oh, okay. So that's, that's nice, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It provides a little more flexibility. So we're going by the three-day window and the one-day versus the 72 hours 72. in the four hours. Right. Now, what if the results don't come in within that one day? What happens then? You just can't fly? Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can. So, um, the U.S. government is saying that, okay, what if you can get a test within that one day? Um, but they believe that, you know, if you don't want to be subject to this strict requirement, then get fully vaccinated before you travel. Yeah. Now, if yeah. there's really no sufficient way to get the test, um, they mentioned that there would be a waiver process in place, but we don't know specifically yet the details of that waiver process. Okay, so there will be more details coming by closer to November 8th, I guess, that'll you know right. go into more details about what the exemptions are. But there are certain exemptions in place, right? Certain people are exempted from all of this uh, proclamation. Could you tell right. us about that? So, the, right. So we mentioned we mentioned earlier the children under 18 years old. Yeah. And then we have those individuals where vaccination is is what they call this medically contraindicated. So for okay. the, those individuals, um, the airline will require them to present a letter from a licensed physician from their country explaining how it is medically contraindicated. And then you still have the urgent humanitarian, you know, um, 
reasons. Um, I think it's also with respect to health and safety. Um, but for these individuals, you, they will be required, once they, they are allowed to enter the U.S., they will be required to get vaccinated. And then okay. you have those diplomats and the crew members. Um, what other exceptions do we have? Um, at the top of my head. <laughs> right, but these are, these are, these are the, you know, the major group of people um, who are completely exempted from the ban, uh, from the new well, proclamation, I mean. Yeah, interestingly, Neha, there's no exception for, I mean, if you read the proclamation, there's yeah. no exception for religious, you know, religious crowds or moral, moral conviction. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. You know, it's interesting you brought that out because a lot of people here in the United States of America are using that to not get vaccinated. Right. So we don't know, you know, if if you're traveling from any other country into the United States of America, and if you're not, if you're using religious or moral ground to not get vaccinated, it's going to be really difficult. You will probably won't be allowed to right. enter into the United there's, States of America. there's still the, um, sorry, Vineha, I, I keep yeah, interrupting. Yeah. Sorry. No, please. <laughs> um, there's still the national interest exception too, but yeah. we have yet to see whether it's the same process as the NIE that we have now. But what what the U.S. government is saying that the exceptions are going to be very limited. So um, you will need to require to contact your post or your consulate whether you will qualify for the exception. So just get vaccinated. It's as simple as that. If you are vaccinated, exactly. you can just easily travel into the United States of America. Now, you know, one, one question that's been really bothering me. Um, so on November 8th, 12.01 a.m. Eastern time is when this proclamation goes into effect. So what happens to those people who are already in flight at that point in time? Well, if they're in flight, they're still okay. They're subject to the previous policy. Um, okay. This policy would apply to those who are at the time they depart their 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 um, their country. Yeah, that country. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's November eight, twelve oh one Eastern time. So it would apply to those travelers. Okay, so that's that's really interesting to know um everybody we are live here um and uh you can watch us on facebook youtube linkedin and if you have any questions regarding this proclamation that goes into effect on november 8th 12:01 a.m eastern time please send us a question here and we'd be happy to you know um answer answer that um gladys what happens to so my so you mentioned that you need a negative COVID you know test result. Now do have do do folks have to present a negative COVID test on top of proof of vaccination also? Is this a two point uh, thing that they'll have to do? Well, the testing requirement has been in place since January um, yeah. of this year. So those who have been traveling to the U.S. already know this requirement that they're subject to this requirement. So what um, this new policy just says is that's still in place. Now, if you're a fully, let's say you're um, a U.S. citizen who's not fully vaccinated, it, you yeah. would just be subject to stricter requirements because uh, you have to show a proof of your negative test result a day before 
you're, 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 you should be tested like one day before um, boarding your flight and you show a negative test. Now, if you're fully vaccinated, then there's the three-day window instead of the one-day window for that. Okay. Okay. Um, I actually have a question. Um, you know, Kedar, he asks us, um, given the relaxation in quarantine rules globally, do you think it is now okay to travel to and fro between US and India via stopovers at, say, Dubai, Doha, Europe, etc., via Emirates, Qatar, Airways, and the like? Or there still could be crazy quarantine rules where one gets stuck in stopovers for quarantine or COVID-related compliances? I think he's mentioning to that 14-day rule, you know, right. um, where one well, had to, yeah. Well, Neha, because those um, geographic travel bans that restricted travel and you have to quarantine like for at least 14 days in a in a third country, let's say Mexico, that's what you know other travelers were doing at the time. Um, that will no longer be in place. So I think there's less more freedom to travel again, you know. Um yeah. good for everyone you can do your stop over in a country even if it was geographically you know banned before now yes that's gone as of november 8th okay so Kedar, i hope that answers your question i have another question from rajiv he asks uh, you know his father has a u.s tourist visa and they will be going on a cruise uh to mexico now, does his father need to apply for a Mexico visa or is he good? Uh, he, he should be good if the father has a multiple entry um, tourist visa and he's staying in Mexico for not more than 180 days. So he should be okay. 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 That's, that's great to know. So, you know, guys, we've been talking about the proclamation that goes into effect 12.01 a.m. Eastern time on November 8th, basically making it possible uh, for all the countries that were under so-called travel ban, the, you know, the previous proclamation, now people can you know, travel without any restrictions on by providing the proof of their vaccination, okay? So you need to be vaccinated and you need to have a negative COVID test uh, result to be able to travel to United States of America. Uh, all of this also also depends on whether the consulates are still issuing visas. Are they backlogged? Are the consulates working in full capacity? We don't know yet. But Gladys, we are you know reaching the end of our conversation, and I want you to quickly kind of recap, if I if I may say, this entire conversation into top five takeaways that you know people can those who are watching us can take away from this conversation. Okay. Five. Okay, you gave me five. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So first, you have, of course, that the geographic travel bans are now superseded. Um, second, what uh, will be required for foreign nationals traveling to the U.S. is proof of your full vaccination status. Third, you still have the testing requirements in place. Um, so either the three-day test or the one-day test. Um, Fourth, which I did not mention earlier, is the airlines will, um, you know, um, uh, obtain more information from you for purposes of contact tracing. So you, you, you'll need to provide information uh, about that. 
And of course, five exceptions. Um, I, what I didn't mention uh, earlier was, you know, those that come from countries with low vaccination rates, meaning their population, um, not more than 10% of their population has been vaccinated. So those are one of the exceptions, the children, medical contraindication, um, members of the armed forces, and all of that. I mean, holiday season, holiday season is coming by. Today's Diwali. And then, you know, we'll have Thanksgiving and Christmas. We want to see our family. We haven't seen our family in such a long, long time. So I think it's great that this proclamation is going into effect and, you know, families can finally see each other. So that's that's super amazing. You know, this is a little bit of normalcy that we, we are seeing in, in the world. We are all, most of us are back to work in you know in physical sense in the office we're not no longer working remote so that's great and i'm just so excited that travel's opening up and we'll be meeting many more people and safely this time um because of you know the vaccinations so that's that's super amazing and uh, all of you who joined us today a big thank you a very happy diwali to you and uh, also want to reiterate this is not legal advice it's a disclaimer. It's no legal. It's not a legal advice. If you need any information, if you want to get in touch with us and need any legal advice, you can get in touch with us. Uh, you can send us an email info at chug.com info at chugh.com. Uh, my name is Neha Mahajan and uh, I'm joined by Gladys Gervasio, who's our partner attorney from our LA office. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about our work, please visit our websites at www.chug.com for legal and immigration and www.chug.net for tax. Be sure to subscribe to get regular business insights from the Chug LLP team.